makes tracks like that. Oh, bear doesn't have feet that big. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And we're here to finish off our Lake Placid Marathon. Are you so excited? I am so excited to be done mm-hmm. with this franchise. Yeah, no, me too. Once and for always. Actually, no. I actually enjoyed these movies. They were pretty fun. Yeah, they were They were fun overall. More fun than the Anacondas probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into some deep dives on that, here's our 10-word review of a movie we watched in the past week. It's called... The Knight Before Christmas. The Night Before Christmas, available on Netflix near you. Uh, dumb yet jolly, Vanessa Hudgens has found her niche. And my review is, silly dumb fun, but a low point for holiday Netflix. Really? I mean... What's a high point for holiday Netflix? The Princess Switch. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> that's, that's cinema right there. It is. Um, all right, so that's our one movie. And where are we now? No, you can't throw away your notes because you have further notes for later. I know I do. Uh, okay. Um, we're here to talk about the movie Lake Placid Legacy from 2018. Uh, here is the plot as I'm reading from IMDb as requested by Sergio. Legacy <laughs> finds the team of young explorers, the team, as if they have existed before, um, out to reveal the secrets of an area removed from modern day maps and hidden behind electric fences. However, once they reach the center of the lake, they discover an island. That doesn't make any sense. The lake is on an island. Yeah. First of all, I think, right? The lake is not on an island. Is it not? No. The How island's in the work? lake? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So is it still, is it supposed to be in Maine? Because I thought it was like off the coast of Africa or something. Isn't it? Well, actually, it is off the coast of Africa. I mean, it was shot in South Africa. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think, supposed to be Maine. I don't know that it was, but I think it was. Oh, it looked nothing like anything that I recognize. Anyway, um, however, once they read yeah, the island, uh, they find an abandoned facility with a horrific legacy. The island is home to a deadly predator eager to feast on those dumb enough to ignore the warnings. Yep, <laughs> but, that's our team. Yep. But before they can turn back, our hapless heroes get dragged into a battle for their lives and will need to work together if they hope to survive. Doesn't that sound exciting, kids? Yes, it does. <coughs> so, Brennan. Yes. Tell me about this movie. What was your scariness score? Uh, me too. I think I gave it a two, actually. That's really generous of you. Thank so, you. So, Brennan, why were you this movie Sugar Daddy? Why oh. did you bestow upon it a two? Um, well, I found that the, the, I mean, the thing I'm also going to complain about is that the crocodile is barely in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they do give it the kind of Jurassic Park approach to the shitty CGI, which is that it's usually like in shadow or in the background or, you know, through water or whatever. So like the way that it actually looks like hulking and menacing in a lot more scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean a lot more cause barely in any scenes of this movie. Yeah. Um, but when it appears, there's some kind of cool style around it. Like there's a part where it's approaching down a sewer tunnel that actually looks, it looks better than any crocodile has looked in any of these movies. I don't know that I remember that scene, but I do remember on a whole, like, I mean, I agree with every other thing that you said. Um, the fact that the m- croc was in less of the movie and the parts that it was in were just kind of like clips of it. Um, it was, yeah, it, it was not a really important factor to this film. Yeah. Honestly. Less was definitely more is the main takeaway. 
Um, I'm trying to think if anything like scared me because I'm giving it a one. Fair. I think it was it was a good tension builder, uh, but I don't know that anything scared me legitimately. Yeah, I mean the sixth and final film in this franchise, like you know, that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. There were definitely parts in the movie where I was like, oh, I can definitely see, you know, them dying here. Like you just knew. So the gang, the team as we know them is there's actually more than just the team. It's the team plus two because they are joined oh by two friends as they decide to go to Maine after they've, I hacked. don't think this is in Maine. I know it's supposed to be Lake Placid, but this feels like a completely different place. I, I don't think that this is the lake that we've been playing at. Well, it is a different place because it's an Island. They have to go to the Island and then the Island to get to the Island, you have to go through the lake. Um, and that's where I guess it's like Placid, but the other Lake Placid movies have never, had a focal point about an island like that's not ever been like a like a major plot point yeah like I, I, i'm just saying i don't think this is the lake from the other movies oh okay because they're all set around the same lake mm-hmm. this one i think is a different lake okay fair enough uh well yeah because i mean the whole plot's different like they were using these alligators or these crocs but to like well it makes no sense how what what it's a legacy to or if it's creating the legacy of the thing like did they ship out the crocodiles to the actual lake it makes no sense yeah uh, maybe there's more. Maybe it's all on the cutting room floor. Who knows? Maybe all the scenes that make it make sense. Sure. Um. But uh. Yeah. So the team is uh joined by two people, and these are like two kind of naysayers who are driving them to the lake. Uh. But they themselves are really hesitant towards it. They're like, mm-hmm. you know what? We don't know what this lake is about. Like, we just want to be free. And and they they, know. they know that the government has secured this area, and they're like, please don't do this. Yeah. They're the law-abiding citizens of this movie, although they still break the law. Uh, but you just know they're going to die. And sure enough, mm-hmm. they are the first to go. Um, one of them survives for longer, but then she does sacrifice herself to save the uh, the Twinkie one. Yeah. After, like, nearly killing one of them, she goes crazy. Oh, yeah. She points a gun at, I think, every living being in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Which, fair, because she didn't want to be there in the first place. Yeah. But she went from zero to 60 real quick. <laughs> That's true. She was like... You're going to die if you don't do what I say. And I was like, good for you. Reclaiming your agency. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to introduce a little bit more about the characters that we're dealing with here, um, which is a good transition into campiness. Um, yes. So basically. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> what were the differences between the women? No. Oh, my God. Nothing. Um, but no, this is a group of eco-terrorists, like activists. <laughs> Um, we basically, we open on them pulling this big heist for this company that might as well be called like Chemco. Like it's, you know, it's, it's such a generic company name. Mm-hmm. Um, but they break in and they hang a banner that says like Chemco equals death, which is like, I was like, you, you could have hired a better editor for your statement because this doesn't, it, it's so childish and silly. Um, but yes, so they're doing these kind of like mercenary ops missions for eco-terrorism and one of them writes for buzzfeed and they live in this enormous hacker loft mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's truly ridiculous um and also how is she like this investigative journalist for buzzfeed for eco-terrorist it makes no sense mm-hmm. that don't make no sense love yeah um yeah there's nothing i can add to that but anyway, they're challenged by one of their former eco-terrorist buddies to like erase to the top of some mountain to discover some. It's really, the plot is so circuitous and it makes absolutely no sense. Um, except that the leader of this group is Mutt from Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. Who feels the need to defend his manhood and to prove his eco-terrorist 
some worth his eco yeah and also because well because his girlfriend and or her sister because they are completely interchangeable um one of them wants to wants to disband the group because she's gonna like go to college and become legit or something Mm -hmm. maybe not college i think i just imagined that probably law school yeah always a thing she wants to go through more legitimate like you know legislative measures Mm -hmm. for green you know green new deal we did it yeah but I mean, like the whole premise of their activism was dumb. They just broke into a building and just put a banner up and that was it. It's just bad performance art is what it is. Yeah. I was like, you could have done that on the 405. No, no need to break through the building through that. Like, you know, you could if you were going to hack into a into a Monsanto style corporation, at least to make their like emails public, you know. Yeah. Or make your statement something more co- with more clarity than. Well, I guess there's nothing more clear than Chemco equals death, but it also is. Just, it's not going to get that message across. It's not potent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so silly. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, that's what this movie's kind of aiming for. It's aiming for silly. Oh, I don't think so. You think it's being serious? Yeah, this movie is so, like, slick and attempting to be intense. It's very adventure movie. There's that part where they're trying to escape this, like, flooding passageway in the, like, underground lair of the thing. And... I I think it's the least funny of all the Lake Placid movies, at least in its in its intentions. I think so too, and like I think they're trying to make it more like serious. I think it's very glossy and stylish. I don't. Necessarily I would say glossy for sure. I think it's stylish. It has a certain kind of style. Um, maybe kind of muted, and it's very dark towards the end. It's like the gritty reboot of Lake Placid. Yeah, but. I don't know. Like, I feel like that they know they're going to be dumb. Like, if you have a sign that it is Chemco equals death, and then you have these really kind of, like, dumb, incredulous, like, plot devices to make everything happen, like, it's, you know you're being silly at that point. I, I just don't feel that the movie knows that, or at least telegraphs that it knows that, because it is it is so sober-faced uh, with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that purpose, I am giving it a 2 out of 5 on campiness. Um, do you have a number you want to throw out? I'll give it a one. Okay. Also fair. Um, but the thing is if the movie, because we open on that like heist with Chemco or whatever, Mm -hmm. and if the whole movie was as stylish as that heist, I might really like it. Also because the offices of Chemco are like, it's like it's from the world of that movie Upgrade. Mm-hmm. Like it's from the future. There's um all the desks have these kind of like glowing neon lights like paneled on the bottom of them. Mm-hmm. I'm like this is such a pretty office space. Mm-hmm. And then they're going down this hallway that straight up looks like um the spaceship interior from 2001 a Space Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really wild. And then they just go to some like you know dumb abandoned rusty factory that's built on a mine or something and it's Mm -hmm. all just browns and grays and whatever Mm -hmm. and i'm like if we had this kind of futuristic sensibility i would have really liked this movie a lot Mm -hmm. because it's really weird yeah i think i'm gonna give the movie a two i'm revising it um because there were the movie itself it does attempt to be better than the other like plastic movies it attempts to be a little bit more serious like Mm. you mentioned um and i liked that I definitely liked the, like, you're just jogging my memory again of that first opening scene. And I liked the movie up until the point where the team splits. At that okay. point, I kind of, like, my attention also split. Because I have to care between these two different huh. factions of, like, who's going to survive here? And I can't keep track because everybody's, like, kind of the same. Yes. They're all equally terrible. And they're all doing incredibly boring things with no crocodiles. Mm-hmm. But the movie, when it begins as, like, a team effort, or, like, people have 
you know, very distinct personalities within this team. Everyone kind of has a reason to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can definitely like, see their chemistry, like, uniting them. So, you're like, yeah, these are all people who are different with different skills. But, you know, they're united by this same cause to defeat Chemco. Like, what recess schools out. Yeah. Um, but it just, the movie splits at that point. And, yes, there are certain things that happen that are campy. Um, just to relate it back to the current uh-huh. genre that we're on or the current category. Um, and, yeah, so it's it's, it's two. Okay, that's fair. And I will say this movie does have one connection to the previous films in that there is one person who mistakes crocodile footprints for bear footprints, which has happened in like three or four of these movies, (laughs) is that people just cannot believe that crocodiles exist. Mm -hmm. Um, One other campy thing that I wanted to mention is something that actually rewound to listen to the line again. Um, The lady says, she says something like, well, the government must have put a lot of work to make this look like ground zeros. And I was like, she said it plural, didn't she? And it went back, and she did say Ground Zeroes. Um, actually, I was listening, I was watching the trailer today, and they did cut it, so she does say Ground Zero. Ah. I'm like, mm, don't lie to me. I heard it. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> it is sad. But at least somebody was like, had the good, the good decency to cut that from the trailer. Yeah. Maybe not from the movie, but whatever. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that one character was funny. He or Campy, just because he was so kind of weird, he was intense. The hacker character, or or a mutt, or the the guy who was hitting on the one girl, and then oh, the he, token African American guy. Yes, he. You said it better than I could. Um, he. I like the part where he they wander onto the kind of like abandoned campsite, and he's like, "This is all staged. They're punking us. They made us come out all the way over here to videotape us, and look." There's half a corpse up that tree. They're still punking us. Yeah, it's like, it's all a hoax. They made us spend all this money to fly to this island or whatever. Yeah, that was just a super happy moment for me. What how did he die? I think that guy's name is Spencer. He got eaten by a crocodile because the, the hacker guy who was written by, I think the people who wrote that, um, that scene from CSI where two hackers are typing on the same keyboard <laughs> because he's always like, I have an app on my phone that can connect with this camera and look at the videos. And it's like, just turn on the camera. You don't have to hack it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's, he's trying to hack some sort of radio antenna to work with his phone so he can call for help. And he's doing that, and then the the lady with who points the gun at everyone is like back on the land, and Spencer is sitting in the middle of the dock, and the crocodile just chumps him off the dock. Wow. What an uneventful death for for Spencer. Yeah. Also, he was pretty fun because he had no consistent personality except for the fact that he was gonna go against what everybody else thinks. Yeah. Because when he's like, "It's a hoax! It's a hoax!" Um, but then immediately when they um, start to think that maybe they're lying, he's like, run, the crocodiles are going to eat us. And he just constantly has to be against someone. Mm-hmm. He c- he cannot agree. Yeah. His character was just there for conflict and to be exactly as you described him, uh, just token diversity, which is true for, I think, the two characters of color in this movie. I think the, the, the other character color had something. She had as much characterization as anybody in this movie. Uh, um, she did okay. a couple of tours in Afghanistan. Yeah. She was ready to kill you if you needed to, if she needed to. Um, and she should have. She should have killed them all. Just feed the crocs and just swim across. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, totally irrelevant to this conversation, but Joe Pantoliano is in this movie also. Um, he's that who old, he? he's that guy Henderson, that like older guy who used to work at the crocodile factory. Oh yeah. That's who that is? Yeah. Okay. 
I knew it was somebody. I just didn't know who. He's changed a lot since Bound, which is the last thing I've seen him in. Uh, I've seen him in a bunch of like bit parts, but it's hard to discern where exactly that is. Anyways, so we're on to effects. Effects three. Oh, okay. I'm giving it a two still, um, because there's barely any st- thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how do you feel about the crocodile? Which you know is the effects. <laughs> the crocodile is as good as the other films. I think they do <laughs> a good job of like hiding it. For the most part, uh-huh. like everything that you mentioned at the start of the podcast uh, was spot on. Like le- they operate under the assumption that less is more. And mm. truly, that is accurate. That is accurate, except for the fact that like less is more in terms of the effects, but not in terms of the plot. Less is very much less in terms of how the how the crocodile functions in this movie mm-hmm. as a plot piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the effects, yeah, um, I'm still giving it a two out of five because while it doesn't it might be the best looking crocodile in the bunch because it neither looks like a gummy bear nor a sprite from an early Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's still, it's weirdly knobbly and red in a way that crocodiles just aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it looks kind of not in the eyes, but it just looks like a bloodshot b- crocodile. Like it look, it's got these like red veiny things across it and they just look very silly and mm-hmm. strange. It looks like a, I don't know, like a rock came to life. It's very angular. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. There was one shot that I liked that I thought was good. I don't remember the exact scene that it was in, but I remember we kind of got like a, it was like an over, it was an under head shot of the water. Underwater shot? A water, I don't know how you would describe it. Sure. We under the croc and we saw the croc swimming um, uh-huh. above us and I was like, okay, that's a really cool way to like see it be yeah and it was just like a silhouette of it and it was suspense building which is what the movie was good at yeah the presentation of the crocodile is as good as can be especially to hide the limitations Mm -hmm. of the cgi when we actually do get to see it Mm -hmm. um i will say my least favorite effect was the weird shimmering effect on the opening credits um because it was like it was like the last letter and the first letter would light up and then the letter, like the, f- the next letter in and the next letter in, but the entire word was never lit up all at once. It would just kind of like bounce back and forth between mm. all the letters. And I was like, I can't read this. This mm. is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That was super dumb. Yeah. I had no reason to be there. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, do you have anything else for effects or maybe? I think that's it. We're doing the damn thing. We're moving on. Yeah. Those gunshots. Was there explosions? I don't think so. Did How did they explode? kill the crocodile? They like trapped it in a net and then they just like lit it Didn't on fire it or something. Yeah. yeah. They might've exploded it. Honestly, I watched, we watched this, what, two days ago uh-huh. and I just couldn't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. What's your quality score? Three, maybe two. It's in between those two. Definitely. Okay. You know what? Three for what the movie could have been. It was a two overall. Yeah. It's definitely a two for me. Um, because I, when the movie started, we were both kind of like engaged with it. Mm -hmm. We were like, well, this movie is actually kind of good, but for, like I already stated, once the movie splits off into two separate like groups, my interest waned. It was boring. It wasn't consistent. And that didn't really happen for any good reason. We didn't get any like backstory with the Mm -hmm. characters really. The characters Um, are 
complete garbage. Yeah, we didn't get any backstory with the Crocs themselves, like why they were here on this island. You know, what was the government doing? Who was responsible for it? We kind of get a little bit of that once Joe Pantoliano shows up and it's revealed what he was doing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, it was just too little too late. Like, you're kind of checked out. I mean, maybe that's just me speaking as the dude who checks out pretty early from these boring ass films. But, you know, hey, hey, you could have done better, Lake Placid. Yeah. And yeah, no, you're right. Because like there are individual moments of this movie that are maybe the best that the Lake Placid franchise has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a sum of its parts, it's really weak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just dull. And the, uh, even the like shitty CGI silly ones aren't dull. Um, at least for the the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say what else, what else do I have written down here? Um, I mean, there, I just wrote down a line from Spencer who, as we said, hates everybody. Um, but he just starts making fun of the hacker guy. But then he's like, in high school, when you uh, hacked in to change my grades so I could get on the, the swim team or whatever, I realized God made geeks for a reason. That was a lame line. It was so bad. Mm. And... It it just it indicates the just weak the hollowness at the at the center of this movie, mm-hmm. like it's just so sh- ridiculous and it just doesn't match its kind of the serious tone that mm-hmm. the aesthetic is taking. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's weak. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I think it's ambitious. Maybe, <laughs> if I'm being generous, um, the movie's ambitious in what they want to do. Um, yeah they want to make an indiana jones movie it's just poor in execution they want to be funny but they're not they want to have like some weird kind of eco criticism plot line but it just falls flat um they're trying to have interesting and compelling characters but you have mutt from schitt's creek so like is i mean i I liked him in schitt's creek was he good in this no yeah, was nothing. He brought no life to this character. No. His character in Shit's Creek is look at me with my shirt off and my beard. Isn't this enough for you? Mm-hmm. And for some audience members, it is. But for those of us who are discerning, for those of us who like substance with our characters, it is not enough. And I hold that same standard to all the other characters on this movie because the geek was boring. The two sisters were hella boring. Oh, yeah. I couldn't tell the difference between them. Um, the only character who I could noticeably tell was different from everybody else was Joe Pantoliano. And again, just because he's old <laughs> too late. Yeah. That's the only reason was his voice. And because he's too old, that's not too old. He's just older and has no hair. That's fair. I misspoke. Um, but yes, he is older than these kids and that's what makes him stand out. Yeah. And all I remember about the sisters is that one of them just never wanted to do any of the scary things. Like she was afraid to climb down the rope. She was a waste. The they should have let her die. Yeah, they really should have. Um, she was afraid to t- climb down the rope. She was afraid to swim at some point. And it's like, what can you do, ma'am? Why are you here? Um, remind me to the great disappointment of our audience members, but do both of the sisters survive or does one sacrifice themselves? I think both of them survive. Okay. And then they have to swim across the lake to get to freedom. Yeah. And then of course there's another crocodile and then credits. Yeah. I really would have wanted that crocodile to eat them both. Yeah. I was like, like please would, spare that us. That would make this movie just so much better. Let them just both die and Mutt be like, well... That takes care of that. Oh no, Mud is dead. He died. Oh yeah, he he was. Oh, this was he the one that sacrificed himself? I feel like someone sacrificed himself. Well, he tried to sacrifice himself because he lit up all. He opened all these gas canisters, and he was supposed to light a flare in order to explode the crocodile. But he cracks open the flare, and nothing happens. And he's like, 
Dope. And then he gets ah. eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> That's our mutt. Mm, making a fool of himself as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't believe he left Shit's Creek for this. What did, what did he you think was going to happen? Shit's Creek for this. No, this was years after he left yeah. Shit's Creek, but still. Do you think he'll come back this final season? Maybe. What else is he doing? Lake Placid Legacy 2? Probably not. All right, Brennan, so what's next? Um, well, um, we're going to do our ranking of the Lake Placid movies, but first, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com, subscribe, rate, and review, and give us however many stars you feel like. But if your heart should tend towards five stars, that would be really nice, just for us and our souls. Yeah, have a heart this holiday season. Yeah. You know, you're listening to this after you've just survived Christmas with your, not Christmas, Thanksgiving Thanksgiving with Uh your family. You you deserve to give us five stars. Yeah, you know they were up to some heterosexual nonsense. Mm -hmm. All right. So how about your fellow friends? Give us five (laughs) stars. Yeah, please. All right. So, Brian, we're reviewing these movies. Yeah, we're ranking all of the Lake Placid movies. There were six of them. (laughs) And we're finally done. What? I forgot there were six. Well, we watched them all, yeah. and now it's time to rank them. Let's start at the six and then go work up to one. What's your number six? All right. N- number six is Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Ooh. Um, mine is Lake Placid Legacy, actually. It just wow. it really disappointed me after me thinking it might be one of the best in the franchise, and then it just completely failed at every turn to be that. Mm-hmm. For me, Lake Placid versus Anaconda was kind of boring because it was it was always going to be that. No, it could have been very exciting. It could have been, but per per our luck with movies, it was bad. Yeah, well, (sighs) yep. (laughs) But yeah, no, that that tracks because my number five is like Placid versus Anaconda. Even the return of Reba can't manage to redeem the Anaconda stink just like wafting all through our Lake Placid movie. Mm -hmm. My number five is like Placid 2. Because it was the one movie that I completely forgot we saw. Yeah, I really, all I remember is the cast list and nothing about what happens in Mm -hmm. it. I remember it's John Schneider and Cloris Leachman, but that's all I got. I remember it being, uh, look, no, I didn't remember it at all. The only reason it's number five on number six is because, you know, I put some respect on Cloris Leachman's name. Uh You know, she deserves to be number five Mm -hmm. and not number six. Was this the one with like the weird archaeologists? Or was that the first one? Archaeologist. Wasn't there some kind of like weird scientist oh, the, person? The museum person? Because uh-huh. that was Bridget Fonda in the first one. Okay, never mind. Continue, Brennan. Uh, well, my number four is Lake Placid 4, the final chapter. Okay. Uh, just because I think, you know, the diminishing returns really hit it by that point. Um, we were deep into our like sci-fi channel nonsense. Mm-hmm. And not even Robert Englund being a weird grizzled old poacher can make it like that exciting. Interesting. My number four was Lake Placid Legacy. Ooh. It was slightly better at the very least at the beginning. Um, it was entertaining enough. And yes, I just spent an entire episode trashing it. But, you know, for those of you aspiring filmmakers, there's a good movie in there somewhere. There so, is. you know, save that script. Readapt it. That, reimagine it. Yeah. That make Lake it Placid a spec script. You know? Okay. <laughs> just, just make it better is what I'm asking. Yes, please. All right. So, so that was your number four, right? That was number four. Okay. My number three is the original Lake Placid. Um, I didn't want to commit the sin of that I did with the Anaconda ones of putting the original at the very bottom, which I even felt then was kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I do not like Lake Placid whatsoever as a Ooh. film. Um, but, you know, it, it, it created this sprawling franchise, which we had some amount of fun with. 
Oh, hey. My number three is Lake Placid 3. Oh, okay. Yes. It is number three because this is the one with the like weird babysitter, right? Yes. Yeah, she was fun. She was Good fun. Good for you, girl. You forgot to take a bath. <laughs> yeah, Brennan's been doing that accent just randomly, um, sporadically. Whenever Sergio forgets to take his bath. I shower regularly. Um, but you haven't bathed in the bath. Okay, we're, we're done with this. Bath and shower are different. All right. So, yeah. So, that movie's fun. Continue. Uh, my number two is Lake Placid 2, which I just copped to not remembering much of, but I remember that I liked it slightly more than the first one. <laughs> I wish I had those fond memories that you have. <laughs> uh, my number two is Lake Placid 4. I thought that one was probably the funnest. It was crazy, and it was dumb, and it was nonsensical, which makes it a good watch. Yeah. With all those college girls on their swim team or whatever. Yeah. Their sorority meet. No, sorority is Anaconda. Um, Lake Placid versus Anaconda is the one with the sorority. Lake Placid 4 is the one with the swim team. And it's the one where the kid is trying to yell at his swim team friend to get out of the water. And in doing so, he jumps into the water. And then Robert Anglin is like, kid, get out of the water. And then the kid's dad punches Robert Anglin. And it's just like an enormous chain of events that makes no sense. All right. Well, for all the reasons Brendan just listed, it's my number two. Great. Um, and my number one is Lake Placid 3. Um, that's the one that I still own out of the ones that I bought to prep for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great at like a midnight screening with like, you know, a wild crowd and a bunch of popcorn. That is the one with the Bulgarian nanny, but it also introduces Reba in the role that gave me so much goodwill towards her that I was willing to tolerate her doing almost nothing in two films following this. Yeah. Um, and... That one also has that uh, the handsome man who played Burke in Tales of the City. And my number one is like Placid the Original. Of course it is. it still holds up. Does ignore it? Ignore the fact that I forgot the plot to it for a moment. For a moment. Um, and ignore I, the fact that when we watched it, you admitted that your nostalgia was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but seeing, what's the name of the actor? Bridget Fonda? The actor. Bill Pullman. Huh? Brendan Gleeson. Bill Pullman. Oliver no, Platt. Oliver Platt. Sexual awakening happened there. Yeah. Really? I think so. With with his like slime ball of a character? Yeah, he was getting in with the cop lady. Uh yeah, because he was a nonstop sexual abuser. <laughs> and eventually she consented. I don't think that counts. There's a lesson um, in there somewhere. She no, if I remember correctly, she offers him sex if he will get back in the helicopter and stop exposing them to crocodile danger. <laughs> She did what she had to do. She did what, what the, the other, other girls, girls should have <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know. I just have fond memories for that movie. I will probably rewatch it at some point 10 years in the future, being like, huh, I was a weird kid. It holds up even less. Um, but it definitely has a certain just je ne sais quoi. You know? You're right. And I, I don't know what it has. Neither do I cannot put it into words Mm -hmm. okay um so with that we're gonna end this podcast uh next week we're gonna be concluding another franchise with abbott and costello meet frankenstein so we'll see you then until that time rolls around good luck on your journey stay gold bye bye this episode was brought to you by pod people productions to find more episodes of this show and others please visit podpeople.me it's podcasts for the weird at heart